classified radio source from deep space can neither be confirmed nor denied. Whatever it is, it ain't local. Position? I checked in the barometry somewhere in Lyra, I think. Uh, Vega? Can't be. It's only 26 light years away. I want all these people out of here. Your having sent this announcement all over the world may well constitute a breach of national security. Oh, this isn't a person-to-person -person call. This may be an announcement to get our attention. The president has called an emergency meeting. You know those interlaced frames that we thought were noise? This says structure. I'm going to recommend to the president that we militarize this project immediately. There's no reason to believe that their, their intentions are hostile. There's no proof of that. Why don't they just speak English? Mathematics is the only only truly universal language, Senator. Buried within the message itself is the key to decoding it. Those look like engineering schematics, almost like blueprints. It is our belief that the message contains instructions for building some kind of machine. A machine? It might turn out to be some kind of a transport. Transport? The fact is, you don't know what it does. It could be anything. Nobody's saying this is dangerous. They're gonna build it. Who gets to go, though? It's complicated, Ellie. Who gets to go? By doing this, you're willing to risk your life. You're willing to give your life and die for this. Why? No words to describe it. Poetry. They should have sent a poet. So beautiful, so beautiful. I had no idea. Robert Zemeckis, Carl Sagan, Jodie Foster, Matthew McConaughey, Tom Skerritt, and that guy from the Green Mile come together in a movie that tried to get off the ground starting in 1979, but didn't get made until 1997. Honestly, cannot imagine what this movie would have looked like in 1979. Probably had James Caan in it. <laughs> probably this is the pool scene podcast this week we are just two finalist candidates in consideration to take a ride on the alien mystery machine to vega yeah i've always been kevin joined by jim cq cq this week we are covering 1997's contact written by genius astrophysicist carl sagan and directed by Robert Zemeckis, who is known for directing small pictures such as three Back to the Future movies, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, Virus Gump, Castaway, and of course, Used Cars with Kurt Russell and Garrett Grant. Hell yeah, man. Fuck, Used Cars was such a good movie, man. It's the best of all of those. I wish uh, he, she would have went to Vega and discovered they loved the movie Used Cars. Yeah, Garrett Graham was there. <laughs> uh, after the original production stalled on Contact, Sagan decided to release it as a novel in 1985. So by 1989, Warner Bros. tried to make it happen again with George Miller directing, who was eventually fired in 1993. Then Zemeckis signed on, and here we are. The original screenplay ended with the sky opening up and angelic aliens descending on Earth. Totally, totally different from... This movie. Well, with the religious zealots within this movie, that would have made them more validated to I, know that here comes Christ from Vega. Maybe. Sagan hated that. Another version of the screenplay had Earth being swallowed by a wormhole and then transporting the whole of Earth to the center of the galaxy. I think that would have been awesome. That, I would have loved it. Yeah, it would have. I think it would have ended with so many questions. Yeah. 
Like the implications of moving an entire planet mm-hmm. just in the uh, solar system. Weird. So thankfully, they didn't end up doing either of those things. I think personally that this movie's awesome, specifically in that it's a gripping, different approach to sci-fi, but it also tackles the cultural, financial, political, and religious perspective of what were to happen if given proof of intelligent alien existence. So think of any other alien, signs, you know, signs is like, everybody's scared of the aliens. Why are the aliens here? That's pretty much the deepest we get in a lot of alien movies, or they're in the future, and the conflict is between human and alien this one no contact between human and alien pardon the pun it's just the what will the religions think what will the government do you know what where will the money come from and it tackles those sort of things realistic overtones of what would happen if it were today yes so jim tell us what was happening in 1997 when contact was released along with budget and box office contact was released on july 11th 1997 to a budget of 90 million dollars which you look at the stuff we saw in that movie today that budget would probably be 330 million dollars oh yeah it'd be a- crazy ended up making 171 million dollars at the box oh, office so that's it didn't really even break even no unfortunately would have probably have made more if they would have cut maybe 45 minutes to an hour out yeah. of this movie yeah because it really doesn't get into the crux of the movie until roughly 35 40 minutes into the movie where we start getting into the you know the signals and stuff like you that. know what i think about with this having a two and a half hour runtime is you know i grew up not going to the movies a lot we didn't have a a vcr for a long time definitely didn't have a dvd player for a long time growing up i would consume a lot of movies on cable when a movie has a two and a half hour runtime with commercials you know 20 minutes of commercials per hour you know you're looking at three and a half hours yeah you're looking at a three and a half hour to a four hour broadcast on a tbs or tnt yeah makes it difficult you know so that's a, a secondary opportunity to to Get some of that revenue back. Yeah. Yeah, it's, this it's, movie could have been an hour 45. Oh, yeah, for sure. No doubt in my mind. Yeah, and I think lot. it would have made at least 300. Yeah, a lot of stuff they could have cut. There's a lot. In the news, I can remember this specifically. The United Kingdom returns Hong Kong and the new territories to the People's Republic of the China. All right. So Hong Kong returns to the place where it originated from. Having a lot of problems now between Hong Kong and China. There will always be problems between Hong Kong and China, amongst other regions in the world that we will not talk about. Yes. Autumn Jackson was found guilty of trying to extort $40 million from Bill Cosby. Somebody get her those $40 million back. Yes. She knew. Yeah. Take his fucking money, piece of shit. Go figure. We all used to love Bill Cosby. We used to sit around on, I think it was Monday nights and watch the Cosby show. Who would have thought that the greatest dad in television history was you know, the biggest be- POS? Before Cosby went down. Yeah. For lack of a better term, before he was taken to prison. Yeah. I remember there was a, I don't even remember what show it was, but they, during a live broadcast, it might have been like New Year's Eve or the NFL draft, something, they did a, a cut to Cosby and he was very much like mansplaining to the host that he's like, I'm doing a bit. And he was like pissed because he was trying to do some bit on the air. And this is just like out of college reporter with he's a microphone somebody in, his in their place when there's no point for exactly that to like she didn't know he was doing a bit and like he just it was weird so a little levity here for you 
Gerald McKenzie was awarded $26.6 million. However, it was later reduced to 625000 Kind of a bit of a drop for being fired from the Miller Brewing Company for sexual harassment for relaying a Seinfeld episode to a co-worker. That episode and what he relayed took place in 1993. A colleague complained that McKenzie had made numerous comments about an episode of Seinfeld, The Junior Mint, which contained many double entendres. Wow. So they were offended by The Junior Mint. I had a job where I opened a store that you know, came to the area and there was this, uh, most of the people they hired in my department were twenties, you know, all got along pretty good. Everybody age range, probably eight years or something. Everybody got along pretty well. They hired this real old guy named Joe and Joe made a comment to this girl the one day. And he said something, and this is just, I'm not going to talk about cancel culture. I don't, I don't care. I'm not yeah. talking about it, but like Joe made a comment to the girl saying that a white shirt probably wasn't the best thing to wear to work, meaning she was very dirty Mm -hmm. and she had dirt all over the front of her shirt. He was just trying to say like, hey, make a joke. Yeah. She got him. He got fired because she took it. Wet t-shirt contest. She went to HR and basically was like, it was a sexual comment about me wearing a white shirt and it being see-through. And other people were like, I don't necessarily like Joe, but but Joe was literally just making a comment about he literally was like white isn't the best color to wear to work. And it's just like that he wasn't catcalling. No, he was not catcalling her, but he got fired. Kevin. Kevin, I'm getting a signal. We're getting a signal. Wait a minute, we're getting a signal. It's coming through. There's a lot of there's a lot of more to this, Kevin. Who is it? I don't know. We're getting a signal. Who is it? Good evening, everybody. I'm George Michael, and welcome to The Sports Machine. George Michael was on Vega the entire time. So glad we have that Cameo credit card that's preloaded with Vega dollars. (laughs) I love it. Is it better than Life Bucks? I think Vega dollars, there's a conversion factor. It's even better. However, not happening on Vega. The Nevada Athletic Commission suspends Mike Tyson indefinitely, withholds his $20 million purse for biting Evander Holyfield's ear during their heavyweight title fight on June 28th. Still so crazy. I will never forget watching that going, what the hell just happened? So crazy. And I always have to mention here in sports that there's something that involved Cleveland. The 68 All-Star game takes place at Jacobs Field with the American League winning 3-1. What an awesome All-Star game that was for a 3-1 All-Star game. Jesus. Also in baseball, A's first baseman Mark McGuire becomes MLB's top home run hitter to be traded in the middle of a season when he moves from Oakland to St. Louis. He had 34 home runs and 81 RBIs. Just think what happened one year later. Not as cool as uh, a pitcher leading baseball in home runs. Otani. Isn't that crazy? He leads in home runs and he has like a 2.5 ERA. That's like what was promised when he came over. And you know what? McAfee was going crazy on his show. He's like, This guy is going to be the greatest fucking player of all time. (laughs) The number one song in America was a tribute to the late Notorious B.I.G. Puff Daddy and the Family, Faith Evans, I'll Be Missing You. took a real weird song to sample yeah because it's like a like a big brother's watching you sort of song yeah turn it into like a religious like there is no way you I could bu- not have heard that i when, bought the single oh but, i bought the damn album yeah. it was a great album the number one movie in america also had an amazing song to it 
Will Smith, Men in Black. All right. Break out the dances. Break out everything else, ladies and gentlemen. And that's all that was happening in July of 1997. All right, let's decipher the plot of Contact. There's a lot to decipher. Working at an observatory in Puerto Rico as part of the SETI program, we meet Dr. Ellie Arroway. Ellie. Ken, Ken Clark. They said you've been, uh, you've been up at Owens Valley working under Drumlin. How'd you like them? <sighs> that much, and about what I'd expect after what he had to say about you. <laughs> uh, what was that? That you are brilliant, driven, a major pain in the ass, and obsessed with a field of study that he considers tantamount to professional suicide. The SETI program, or S-E-T-I, stands for the Search for Extraterrestrial Intelligence. Ellie was nudged into science by her now deceased father. Hey, Dad. Yeah. Do you think there's people on other planets? I don't know, Sparks. But I guess I'd say, if it is just us, it seems like an awful waste of space. And after some funding issues, Ellie moves her project to New Mexico, where four years later, she discovers a signal of repeating prime numbers. Those are numbers. That was a three. The one before it was a two. Um, base 10 numbers. Just start counting now. That's see how five. far we can get. One. Seven. Seven. Those are primes. Two, three, five, seven. Those are all prime numbers. And there's no way that's a natural phenomenon. Holy okay, shit. Okay, let's just calm down and pull up the star file on Vega. Believed to be sent from the star system Vega, 26 light years away. Ellie's team discovers that there's a video attached to the signal of... What is it, Jim? It is Hitler's opening speech of the 1936 Berlin Olympic Games. Right. The first television signal ever to be sent out. Yes. That's basically. Yeah. So. Hello. Yeah. (laughs) Also discovered is that the signal contains 63,000 pages of indecipherable data. The billionaire who solved Ellie's funding issues four years prior meets with her in private with the key to decode the pages. The decoded pages reveal blueprints for a complicated machine intended for a single occupant to be transported in some way. We don't really know. Have no idea. But don't put a fucking chair in it. Yes. Read it, listen, do it. The entire world comes together to fund the machine to be built at the Kennedy Space Center. Half a trillion dollars worth. In Cape Canaveral. Half a bi- half a trillion dollars from the U.S. alone. Yes, alone. So not counting any other be multi-trillion dollars. Contributed. Also, an international panel assemble to choose a candidate worthy to be the machine's occupant. You've got some astronauts. Ellie obviously wants to go, and she's a frontrunner. But when her associate and romantic interest, Christian philosopher Palmer Joss, what a name, points out to the panel that Ellie is an atheist, <gasps> the panel selects the president's science advisor, David Drumlin, Tom Skerritt, who coincidentally is the one who pooled Ellie's funding in Puerto Rico. Asshole! During the first testing of the machine, Jake Busey, at his Buseyest, <laughs> 
playing the role of a religious terrorist, Blotter. blows up the machine in a suicide bombing, killing Drumlin and many others, and most importantly, destroys the machine. Billionaire S.R. Haddon, who you will remember from saving Ellie's funding and for giving her the key to decode the machine schematics. The late John Hurt is now dying of cancer and living on Space Station Mir. Haddon tells Ellie that they have secretly built a second machine in Japan. It's Hokkaido a, Island. There yep. you go. And that she would be going in. Ellie goes into the machine with several devices recording her. She gets inside of a pod, which will be dropped through three spinning rings, where the idea is that the pod will enter through wormholes. And what does she say the entire time, Kevin? Control, if you're reading Okay to go. Okay to go. Okay to go. She says it for over okay two go. minutes. Ellie gets the ready, set, go and drops in and you'll have to stick around for best scenes to find out what happens. Let's get in characters. Jodie Foster as Dr. Eleanor, Ellie, and Arroway. Jenna Malone played young Ellie. Jenna Malone you'll know from Hunger Games and some indie movies and a bunch of stuff. Matthew McConaughey as Palmer Joss. Potentially the future governor of the great state of Texas. Go figure. All right, all right, all right. David Morse as Theodore Arroway, who earlier I re- I called him the guy from the Green Mile. So not yeah. Tom Hanks. He's the guard. Not Michael Clark Duncan, just the other guy. Yeah. Tom Skerritt as Dr. David Drumlin. James Woods as Michael Kitts. Fuck James Woods. Yeah. John Hurt as S.R. Haddon. Funny thing is, though, James Woods basically played himself oh, yeah. in this movie in real life. Fucking asshole. William Vickner as Kent Clark. Colonel Willie Sharp. Angela Bassett as Rachel Constantine. Jake Busey as Joseph. Rob Lowe is in here for a very oh, small amount. Richard Rank. Richard Rank. Dick Rank. Yes. And uh, that's that's pretty much it. So, Jim, any performance you want to point out from, from the cast? <sighs> McConaughey, man. The, the question that I'm asking is this. Are we happier as a human race? Is the world fundamentally a better place because of science and technology? First of all, the name is a stellar name, Palmer Joss. Yeah. If I wish I had that type, he of looks name. like a Palmer Joss when you see his clothes and his hair. But sometimes he looks disheveled, and you feel like he should be Joss Palmer. Whatever, that's his alter ego. I love, you know, he's the theologian. He believes he was going to be a priest, but he decided to leave the priesthood. But he also believes. What his science done is potentially made anybody happy as a result of it. That's his whole crux. Yeah, right. It's crazy. Pissed, oh, I know it was pissing you off as you watch, but it's like, yeah, I, we don't make bones about it here. We're both of us. We, I would say we're both not the religious type. I'm, I'm an, I'm straight yeah. up atheist. So this movie doesn't put out of the realm of possibility how people act today, where I would totally believe that if we discovered, you know, got everything going on Mars right now, Elon Musk, everything. Yeah. If we found life on Mars, you know, a lot of people would be like, I wasn't, would they believe in God? What the hell right. would that have to do it with anything? Nothing to do with anything. But it made logical sense in this movie because you would believe that's what would happen in real life. Oh, yeah. Yeah. In a real life scenario, and I'm, I'm sure it'll come up later, but in real life scenario, that's the first question because proof of existence, the fact that it's absent from the Bible, despite dinosaurs are absent from the Bible. Yeah. But people would be like, does this mean god doesn't exist yeah and it would just like imagine people who dedicated their entire lives to religion it kind of blows my mind though 
McConaughey, it's weird. In this movie, you kind of, they want you, I feel, to get pissed at him when he denies Ellie his spot, but he admits that he didn't want her to go because he loved her and he yeah. didn't want to see her to die. But at least in the end, he finally comes around. He's like, I believe what she said. As a person of faith, I'm bound by a different covenant than Dr. Elway. But our goal is one and the same. The pursuit of truth. I, for one, believe her. Yeah. He does this great character arc. Yeah. I got uh, William Fickner as... Uh, Colonel Willie Sharp. Yeah, as Kent <laughs> Clark. Drumlin. What is this? Is this a personal vendetta now? It's not just Drumlin. There's been enormous pressure from other scientists as well. It doesn't matter anyway because Haddon's funding us for another two years. Uh, these are government-owned telescopes. They can lease them to whomever they want. And they don't want the high priestess of the desert using them anymore. Who plays a blind he's blind and he can hear you know he's got like um, a heightened sense hearing yeah. because of being blind and he actually he hears structure he hears structure he hears more in signal but watching his performance in i don't know why they couldn't cast an actual blind person but yeah. watching his performance and being blind, i also find it amazing too he just happens to know german yeah, on top right, of it. right. He uh, he can translate. So with that, let's move to best scenes and see what made a splash. Now, I'll go first. Okay. As promised, the end of plot. I sense we're probably going to end up having the same ones. So probably, and that's yeah. fine. Ellie gets in the machine. You know, the rings start to spin faster. She's got a countdown. As the rings spin faster, she starts seeing this like iridescent thing on the floor. Yeah, it's becoming translucent. It becomes translucent. She sees the rings. She sees everything below her. However, what she doesn't realize is even though all these recording devices are on her, no one in the mission control. Yeah, no, they cannot see any of this. Just static. They see static. So Ellie's screaming again. Okay to go. But Fickner hears okay her. Fickner with the super hearing can hear her. They drop her. They let her go. Now, as soon as Ellie drops, she enters some real bad special effects. Yeah. 97 special effects. So, At the time, no. 97 effects. I was like, yeah. all right. Pretty so decent. she enters wormholes. Yep. And just gets shot from wormhole to wormhole. Sees some things. You know, at one point she comes up out of her chair, her chair shoots to the ceiling. After they said, don't put yes. a chair in there. <laughs> right, right. Because she wanted it built exactly. The schematic. Yes. And they didn't. When Ellie finally travels through the wormholes, she descends down onto a beautiful beach with a almost like hurricane-like star effect sky. And in the distance, who does she see coming towards her except her father? Hi, Sparks. And instantly her father tells her high sparks, like, which is her childhood nickname. nickname. So she kind of loses it. She hugs him, but she says, none of this is real. So she is questioning at this point. You don't know if she's died. You don't know if she has went to like, you don't know where she is. Well, basically her dad then reveals to her. When I was unconscious, you downloaded my thoughts, my memories, even. That's a call. We thought this might make things easier for you. We thought you could digest this This would be easier for you. Yeah, so we we appear as a loved one so that you can understand. And the great thing about that setting was it was the beach drawing that she painted as a kid where she showed up on. Right. Ultimately, he tells them there's tons of planets that have these blueprints. 
we basically you we used these wormholes somebody here left them before yeah we didn't make them this was before us yep now what i don't understand is when um he does tell her why she says why did you reach out to us and he says we didn't you reached out to us so were they pumping a signal out or something? I don't know. I wonder if it all ties back to when she was a kid, when she was sitting there doing the CQ. Oh my God. I, that's like, cause they don't really say it, but that's the only thing I could think of. Maybe she so, made contact as a kid. Cause remember when she was approaching the planet, yeah. the great CG tech, her face was kind of melting into her when she was a child. Yeah. She's going full Jenna Malone. That's a, that's a good theory. So ultimately the aliens just basically say, see in all our searching, the only thing we've found that makes the emptiness bearable is each other. This is the first of many steps. You know, more will come. But for now, we just reached out. You know, we just called to say, I love you. Uh, <laughs> speaking of blind people, she gets back home. So basically, they do a, a snap cut where once Ellie is done on Vega or wherever she is, you see her continue to fall through. Mission control says she's through. It was a malfunction. They think that it was a malfunction. She fell the now the whole thing when she went through, it lit up like some oh crazy supernova. Like it lit up like nothing they've ever seen. Everybody's standing up out of their seats. But basically Ellie passed through three seconds from the top. She gets dropped to the rings. She splashes into the water. That's it. But exactly. But Ellie tells them. Hey, this is what happened. And they say, no chance. No, you're full of shit. They said, here's the footage. They love to make her look like a crackpot. Yes. They basically, they almost like style her as if she's in a padded room in psychiatric care, but they show the footage of the pod dropping through the three rings and splashing. So they said, you were gone three seconds. They said, this was all a delusion. You know, basically you have a brain injury and imagined all of this. James Woods being the leader of the. Yeah. So they have a committee to review all of this, but the ultimate thing that pisses me off that wasn't revealed in this public trial. So first off, when Ellie exits the trial and says, basically, so her being an atheist, but she says, I had an experience. I can't, Prove it. I can't even explain it. But everything that I know as a human being, everything that I am tells me that it was real. I believe it because I know it's there. Like she found faith. Yes. So when she exits, there are thousands of people outside who believe her. Wearing blue. We're all wearing blue for some reason. Don't get the blue connection. But they believe her. And then you see James Woods, who was like a real asshole to her, saying this was all a del- Basically, he blames Haddon. Is there anyone who might have been up to the challenge? Someone with extraordinary technical expertise, enormous financial resources, someone perverse enough, eccentric enough to have come up with the idea in the first place? Haddon? S. R. Haddon. For a hoax. He says Haddon sent the signal. Had the money, had, had the resources. The money, had made a joke a hoax like had the world build this machine but he did it all as a joke as a hoax as a dying wish so james woods after doing that to ellie you see him i and i actually don't know what angela bassett's role is within the white house i think she's a special assistant to the president but you see her discussing with james woods the confidential file especially interested in the section on airways video unit the one that recorded the static Continue. The fact that it recorded static isn't what interests me. Continue. What interests me 
is that it recorded approximately 18 hours of it. Where you find out, so Ellie claims to have been gone for 18 hours, and everybody says, no, you're gone for three seconds. Well, as it turns out, Ellie's recording devices recorded 18 hours of static. How do you record 18 hours of when static? When you're gone for three seconds. When you're gone for three seconds. So, exactly. very interesting that that happened. But the movie ends with Ellie being a hero for people who believe her. Actually, it doesn't even end that way. It ends. No, it's her overlooking the Grand Canyon. Yeah, with her at the Grand Canyon. And she now teaches kids. And she has the same rock formation in her hand as her vegan father did. She's now a vegan. She's now a vegan who's a vegan. So my first one, of course, we wouldn't get to that point without her discovering the signal. Right ascension, 18 hours, 36 minutes, 56.2 seconds. Now, as we've seen throughout the beginning of this movie, which is very long drawn out, Ellie and her dad, her mom died while she was giving birth to her. So it was always Ellie and her dad. They got into amateur radio stuff. They had this big map on her wall and she'd always call out every night and they got excited because the longest one they found finally is Pensacola, Florida. So flash forward, this ends up being her career. So she ends up going to the Arecibo Observatory, which I pointed out a lot of you guys will notice too. That was the big scene from GoldenEye where James drops 006, Alec Trevelyan from it. For England, James. <laughs> For England, Alec. And he drops him. It's fucking brilliant. The one contention we see with this is David Drumlin, who ends up being the first one yes. picked, Tom Skerritt is her foil like he keeps trying to dictate what she should do with her life oh, he pulls her funding pulls her funding because not because anybody has told him to because he tries to yes. he thinks that ellie is wasting her time is, is yeah is is sabotaging herself she could be published yes. but she's wasting her time listening to something that might not be is it true you pull the plug? I know you can't you see it now, plug? but I'm doing you a favor. Oh, You're far great. too promising a scientist to be wasting your gifts on this nonsense. Look, I don't consider what could potentially be the most important discovery of the human race nonsense, okay? There's 400 billion stars. And only there. two probabilities. One, there is intelligent life out there, but it's so far away you'll never contact it in your lifetime. And like two, two, there's nothing out there but noble gases and carbon compounds, and you're wasting your time. In the meantime, you won't be published, you won't be taken seriously, and your career will be over before it's begun. So what? It's my life. So Ellie determined after Fundy being pulled, she goes with Colonel Willie Sharp, and they go out to the uh, the VLA, the vast array for uh, out in New Mexico. So she's sitting there. She also found out from the Colonel, Colonel Willie Sharp himself. I don't know his name in this movie. I forget. What is it again? Kent Clark. Kent Clark. Finds out from Kent that, Clark you know, Kent. Clark. Oh, how great is that? Fuck. That the government's going to pull the funding for this VLA thing. Yeah. Even though Haddon has got to fund it, it's a government facility. They can yeah, pull because they don't, know the, they don't own the satellites. So she's depressed. She goes out to her Grand Canyon spot on her car and she hears the signal. She hauls ass back to the observatory. They go ahead and they find out it's from Vega. But the way these signals work, you have to go through turning off the, the dishes off access and coming back to make sure it's there. Our buddy in Australia, she yeah. had to have because Vega was going to set. That position is confirmed. We've got 4.4623 gigahertz. Confirmed. We've got 112 Janskis. 
All right, do you have a source location yet? We put it right smack in the middle. Vega. Ian from Australia finding Vega. The whole world finds out, which we can't assume how. I think she the, did, or it might have been Ian. Yeah, I think the Australian sold her out. Because you think if you found something like this, but then again, like the government yesterday came out and said, listen, we're, we've discovered hundreds of UFOs. They seem to be over Virginia Beach right now for some reason. This signal encourages her to find out her dreams finally come true. It's, it's finally her validation that we're not alone in the universe. However, James fucking Woods yeah. thinks it's this isn't right. And then you find out that it was the signal from the 36 Olympics. And she he thinks it's the Nazis are on Vega for some reason. Yeah, right. But yeah. My next one, the machine being blown up. The first machine. David, he's got something in his hand. That's actually good. Oh, it's awesome. It's a good scene. So there's a lot of like cinematic, like very good shots of the first machine when it's built. It's built at the Kennedy Space Center yeah. in Cape Canaveral. You've got the Trumbull County Fair bleachers where people can watch. <laughs> And tons of people have gathered to watch this yeah. machine go. And this is just a test run. This is not scare it going through. Yeah. It's just a, a walkthrough. But like a couple of weeks ago, I was watching old news footage of when Spatial Columbia was being tested. Yeah. People lined up for miles away to yeah. watch those engines just fire. So this is uh, just a walkthrough. Yeah. And Tom, Tom yeah. Scarrett's there, but Ellie is in uh, mission control. control. Yeah. She's in mission control and she's got a headset and she's watching the whole thing and they're counting it down the rings start to spin and ellie notices blotter yeah jake, <laughs> jake Busey. so he's a religious he's the leader of a religious cult and she sees him and if you look over her shoulder if you know what you're looking for the second time you watch this you can see it you see him over her shoulder like changing into the nasa stuff or whatever it is the you know, this did this stuff for the project. Really? I didn't even notice that. Yeah. He was it, changing behind her. Yeah. If you see her react, they show a reaction shot of Ellie, like while all this is going on. But if you're watching the monitors, you actually see Jake Busey sneaking and putting on. Oh, I did not the even jumpsuit, catch that. The hat. You see okay. him. Well, there's a big logic issue about how Jake Busey got on there. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, huge. Ellie, as soon as she notices him, which is too late, she goes, that guy's not supposed to be Security here. risk. Security risk. He basically, they rip his jacket open, reveal he's C4 strapped, ignites. The machine blows. Like, it's really cool how it blows up. For 97 effects. It's yeah. Pretty, it's, it's like it's the, still good. The crane that holds the pod yeah. snaps. And then when it hits the rings, the rings dent. The whole thing starts like debris spinning. getting yeah. flown for miles. Yeah, debris gets flung into the crowd where all the people are watching and uh you know it's just from a special effects perspective and um honestly why wouldn't this happen you know what yeah. i mean terrorists blow up this trillion dollar machine throw in a little moment of levity here for my next one ellie basically uses palmer for sex you know i'm not trying to push you no 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 don't be silly i've been wanting to look at this sector for weeks here just hang out and uh sleep in and uh there's a bunch of food in the fridge how can I reach you? Uh, just leave your number. I'll call you. 
Okay. What I don't understand it watching that scene where they just sleep together, it, I guess is more of a one night stand, but you always assume the guy wants the ONS, not the girl. Yeah. It was kind of weird knowing how I understand that she's driven in her job. All he wants to do is hang out with her. Yeah. He just wants to learn about yeah, her. He likes her. He wants to continue to see her and stuff. And Ellie does not seem like the person that just would jump in the sack with somebody. No. Because she just has too much going on. You she's she so to dedicated to this. Yeah. You know, the SETI program. And she's so dedicated to the version of the character of Ellie that we get is... All she cares about. Work, work, work. Even when she's not working, she's listening. That is like the closest thing to a moment of levity throughout this whole movie. And it takes place near the very beginning of the movie. Yeah. But I also find it fascinating that she thinks that Palmer holds a grudge because she never called him. Yeah. Because she left his number yeah. behind on the dresser. And and that'll segue into my, my last you know, best scene is Palmer sabotages Ellie's chances at becoming the candidate. Oh, such a dick move. So, before, but he had the best intentions. So, before Ellie is interviewing to be a candidate, the front runner from the United States is this astronaut that we have no idea who he is. And his kids are just like, no. Play, play the clip. And in breaking news, Major John Russell, a former astronaut considered to be the leading American candidate for the machine seat, has unexpectedly dropped out of the running. Russell met with reporters this afternoon at his Houston home. I told my dad that I didn't want him to go. Daddy, don't go. Uh, nothing would give me more pride than to represent my country. But what can I say to this? So it's just like, dad, we don't want you to go. And he's like, fine. I would look at the kids and go, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. I, I'm going. I, okay. I spent my entire life becoming an astronaut. I'm going to go on the biggest mission of all time. I'm going to meet an alien race <laughs> as a human representative. And my kids are like, don't go, daddy. Daddy, don't go. Good, good on him because Jake Busey fucking blew it up. But I'd look at uh, him and go, you're adopted. So, so anyhow, Ellie is interviewing to be the U.S. candidate. For whatever reason, Palmer Joss is on the panel, the committee, coincidentally, and Ellie gets asked a question, which I, I don't agree with her answer, where the lady's like, what would you ask an alien? And she, she has like four things. She says like, how did you evolve? How did you evolve? Which is like, <laughs> <laughs> how do you answer that? Hi, do you got 2000 years that I can explain this to you? Yeah. yeah. How do you? So Palmer, though, knowing that Ellie is an atheist, straight up basically says, would you consider yourself a... Uh, a spiritual person. Uh, I, I don't really understand the point of the question. Uh, I, I consider myself a moral person. I'm sure we all agree that is the case, but I think what Mr. Joss is in fact asking... Do you believe in God? Dr. Airway. Do you believe in God? And Ellie says fuck god <laughs> and uh no she says uh she she's a scientist yeah she says she's she a scientist proof. and she needs proof exactly so this alone because america is enough to disqualify her from contention and david comes right in afterwards yes. and saying i don't believe a candidate who does not have a spiritual side should yeah, be, have yeah. the right to go so david's like she doesn't align with our values you know what really pisses me off do they really expect somebody to take a a million million mile journey to a foreign planet foreign an unknown planet and the first thing you say to an alien species what do you think about god I, yeah they need to send someone there and be like have you heard about the Church of Latter-day Saints? Yeah. Like, Let me tell uh, you about Scientology. So the whole reason Palmer did it, though, is because 
he didn't want, he thought Ellie was going to die or not come back or whatever. He didn't want to lose her, even though. And that was his ace in the hole. Even though they've known each other for, I don't know how they long. Slept they slept together. It's just, yeah. But yet he doesn't want to lose her. So he sabotages her opportunity to go. But as luck holds it, she gets to go anyway. Hadden just happens to be on Mirror. Yeah. And he built a second machine. We'll yeah. talk about later. So, yeah. And my last one, of course, is her meeting her dad on Vega. Yeah. I mean, we kind of talked about it already, but it is a big, momentous occasion. What I'd like to know is, because you know I like more exposition sometimes when it comes to certain details in movies, I want to know the alien species who thought of those wormholes. Were it the, was it the Borg? Is this a Star Trek thing? Well, it's, it's kind of a crappy answer. It's the whole reason why she... she it's like, so general. If she would have been like... She didn't even ask her question, which no. is how did you evolve? But if she would have, they would have been like, we don't know. She wants like scientific proof. She wants evidence. Yeah. Having an alien species, I understand. She is just dumbfounded. She just met yeah, an alien right. posing as her father on a painting of the beach she did as a child. But you would think her scientific mind would go, so who thought of these wormholes then? Yeah, the, I mean, I don't know if the wormholes are natural he phenomenon. Or- they were from the, uh, you know, they were the Meganites. They, uh, <laughs> they made these wormholes. It's Optimus Prime. Yeah, <laughs> it's the spark. I told you. She, he calls her Sparks. He is the all spark. Where is Rodimus Prime? It's a, this movie is a part of the Transformers universe. Yes, it is. It's a tie-in. So, well, let's make contact with the, uh, the concession stand when we have to get out of the pool and take a pool check. Everybody out of the pool. Aliens. Is that an alien in the pool? Motherfucker, alien in a D-band, man. Yeah, gills. Ooh. So, music videos are back. Yay! We have never covered a 1997 movie. Which is crazy to me. So, we are covering our favorite 1997 music videos for this week's pool check. Jim, would you like to do the honor going first? You want me to go first? I'll go first. All right. Number five, one of the most colorful music videos that goes exactly with the time. It is Mace. It is feels so good. All right. It is such a bright, fun video. But Mace always had that weird rap style, like you could barely understand. Mace, 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 got another girls that would love to replace you. I love Mace. I love this video. I don't know how many times it was on TRL. It was on TRL a lot. It never got to number one. But I remember rushing out to get this CD because of this music video. It was really good. It was like Puff Daddy pulled another guy out of his ass. <laughs> to quote a lyric that Mace does not like from Kanye West, don't leave when you're hot. That's how Mace screwed up. Oh. Because. Yeah, he got out of there. He, he became a ordained minister. Or yeah. He is. yeah. So my number five, Freak Nasty to Dip. Ah, uh, the dance. So this is probably the worst quality oh. video to ever appear on MTV. It's so mid-90s CG. I don't know if it's, it's cheap. If it's worth it to explain, but I'll try. So the video featured on MTV was actually the second version of this video. Wait, there was a second version? That was the, the version you know yeah. is the second version. Oh. You can find the original on YouTube. Jim's doing the dance. Oh, uh, yeah. You can find the original on YouTube, which is basically just freak nasty, big crowd of people dancing in like a high school gym. Perfect If, sense. if you go on YouTube and it's like type in freak nasty yeah. to dip, you'll find one that in parentheses says like rare video. So, yeah, perfect sense. Because the video that came out for us, you never see who freak nasty is. Well, it's you just do. Like a- so the MTV version had a little TV green screen That's right. That's on a right. table. 
Now, the funny thing is, is the footage on the TV is the first music video. Oh, that's cool. Nice little Easter egg. So the rest of the video was people dancing with like viewfinders in front of just like a yellow background. But the thing that was so bad is that they had this like liquid mercury genderless That's figure what I was thinking. doing the dip and the quality for even that time was just it wasn't abysmal. up to snuff. it was yeah. abysmal although i'm pretty sure the sci-fi movie annihilation <laughs> borrowed the design for that alien because if you've ever seen annihilation spoiler fuck you the <laughs> alien at the end of annihilation which is an awesome movie but the alien at the end, and it's freaky because of the score, but the alien at the end of Annihilation looks like the freak nasty to dip alien. Like <laughs> the freak nasty to dip alien. Yeah. My number four, you can't go talking about the late 90s without talking about the revival of Ska, the mighty, mighty Boston's with the impression that oh, yeah. I get. Very basic music video. White background, and then you have the band just playing, dancing. Ska banging. I believe that's a term, ska banging. Mm, it's not. I just created it. Skanking. Skanking. That's what I was looking for. But, God, dude. The ska revival of the late 90s kind of just came in and went super quick. Yeah. It's like Brian Setzer, Squirrel Nut Zippers, who also, I don't know if that's going to be in your mentions, but Squirrel Nut Zippers, and then Mighty Mighty Boss Tones. There were so many uh, so, Cherry Papa Daddies. Real ska never went away. No, it never did. Like you have popular wise. Yeah, though. you have like uh, a ton of Goldfinger. Yeah, yeah, you have a ton of like real ska bands. That it, it, and there's a big ska thing happening now that's yeah. coming back. So my number four, not ska, Corner Shop, Brimful of Asha. Ah, oh, this song, great catchy song, annoys the hell. Really, I never liked this song. Uh, much better special effects than Freak Nasty's The Dip. But most of the video is just a girl like rocking out, listening to a record mixed in with like the band performing. Brimful of Asha. What's 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 a brimful of Asha? I have Asha? no fucking idea, man. What the hell? But I I like the song. I like the video. Oh, Everybody needs a bosom for a pillow. <laughs> it's very true. The best pillow ever is a nice, decent bosom. Speaking of bosoms, number three for me, Mariah Carey, Honey. All right, that's my number one. Is that your number one? Yeah, and there's this, a reason. This video, Mariah Carey. Throughout the early to almost mid-90s, that girl next door. Yeah. She was that girl next door. She always wore her flannels all the way up. She was about ready to go to the dusty armadillo to see Clay Travis do a country set. I think that's the name of a Clay Travis guy. is the AM sports radio guy. He's a, he's <laughs> what? A, he's a conservative who interviewed Trump on. And then he tells. Really? <laughs> he tell, yeah. He, oh. tells, he tells everyone to stick to sports. Yeah. But yeah, he interviewed Trump on his show where he almost ne- never talks about sports. Holy shit. I actually thought that was the name of a country artist. No. I pulled that out of my ass. Yeah. However, that's how she used to dress this video. I like the remix with Puff Daddy yeah, and the right. family. Because there's two versions. There's one without them, yeah. one with them. Do the one with them. But oh my God, being a, when this came out in 97, a 16-year-old kid seeing this video. Yeah. Wow. So wow. the video is almost seven minutes long. It's long. It's James Bond ripoff with Mariah Carey plays Agent M mm-hmm. and essentially takes them on a jet ski race and stuff. Not at all why I picked this video. I picked this so that I could tell an embarrassing story. Oh, do it. Let's do it. I can remember vividly. I would watch music videos in the living room on a floor model TV. When this, I can remember when this video would come on, going to my room, Uh oh. getting my TV turned on, jacking it, <laughs> and going back to the living room to finish watching the video before it was even over. Oh, wow. Yeah, because... You had to find science that your video jacking. just... 
Oh my it god! It was the white top when she's on the yeah, uh, she's on the deck of like a cruise ship or like a yacht. It's like she's very bouncy. Oh, very! And she's doing a lot of like very bosomy. Dick it. <laughs> she's doing a lot of dicking. Whoa! She's, Whoa. she's dipping down. And doing a dip. She's you can look. It's yeah. Yeah. For a fourteen-year-old boy, listen. There wow. was a, there was a lot we used back in the day. Yeah, it in was our like banks. Yes. That, you look at it now and go, really? Yeah, I did that, that was like it. That in, in that's like T Boss's side yep. boob in the creep video. Yep. I mean, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Yeah. The second portion of this video when Mariah's in the white is like, yeah. So what's your number three then? My number three, Busta Rhymes, Dangerous. The only reason I picked this video is because Busta Rhymes does a whole show enough bit from The Last Dragon. Busta Rhymes, dude, so fucking good, man. Yeah, so there's also a bunch of white face where he dresses like a, a metalhead and an old guy. I'm and offended. It's, it's like the makeup quality from white chicks. But it, the only reason I pick it because he had uh, put your hands where my eyes can see. Oh, woo-ha, got you great, on check. Which was earlier, but... Put your hands where my eyes can see. Was ninety seven a better video? But I picked Dangerous because of the Shonuff. Busta as Shonuff is real great. So side story or a guy den, if you will. I thought the Wuha I got you all in check. The first time I heard it, I thought he was saying Wuha Lucas Wallencheck, which was. Jonathan Brandis's character in Sequest. What? I thought he was what? a Sequest. Woo-ha! Lucas Wallencheck. That's oh, what I thought it man, was. Jim. As a kid, I'm like, fucking Busta loves Sequest? <laughs> That's fucking sweet. He loves Sequest so much. <laughs> <laughs> he loves Sequest so much. <laughs> he named him a fucking character into a rap song. And they, they picked it up. They signed him and everything. Oh, and that was... <laughs> well, whatever. My number two. Speaking of an amazing female singer with a lot of talent, there's no way you could have avoided this video because it was everywhere. I loved how it was designed. Her and her apartment, several scenes, Fiona Apple, criminal. Yeah. Such a good, just, mm, that song just hits you right where it needs to hit you. And I loved, I kind of had a bit of a thing for Fiona Apple in that video. Yeah, she's very, uh, very appealing. Very appealing, very talented. I just loved how the video was shot. I can't remember who directed it, but... I don't know if it wasn't uh, some sort of filtering, but oh my God. She a long-term it. relationship with Paul Thomas Anderson. Still? She was. Uh, not okay. any longer. And uh, Pour she's one out. still putting on uh, good music. No, Paul Thomas Anderson is married to Maya Rudolph. Oh, okay. So, Love Maya. Never been in one of his movies, though. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So, I Wouldn't mean, it made sense the way his movies I don't know are, about putting her in like uh, Phantom Thread or The Master or uh, I don't know if they're together before that. I'm not sure. My number two, yep. Foo Fighters Everlong. Oh, so yeah. I saw a viral tweet this week that said, how does a band as whack as the Foo Fighters have a song as great as Everlong? Whack band? Yeah. Foo Fighters weren't whack. They're whack. Really? Yeah, they're kind of, I I, I'm not I'm not, not here to diss the Foo Fighters, just not my cup of tea. Uh, Kevin, it's not the Foo Fighters, it's Foo Fighters. Okay, sorry, Foo I Fighters. Get it right. But, uh, you know, it's kind of an all-time song like it's an all-timer and the video directed by michelle gondry be kind rewind you know did a bunch of eternal sunshine spotless mind did a bunch of great movies directed like a hundred music videos but him directing this explains all of like the surrealism and satire it's like an avant-garde horror movie yeah, it's weird there's like a scene with dave Grohl is like a punk and his fist grows like real enormous and there's like a there's a giant telephone at some point like a 
giant like yeah i remember that so pretty pretty weird video really cool kind of iconic so my number one number one that's the man in that's the man in here come the man in black what can you say about this video it taught you how to do a dance and like me at this time I wanted to learn how to do every dance I possibly could learn because I thought it would impress women. CGI way better in this one than Freak Nasty. <laughs> oh, I would say so. This is a good movie. It, it was one of those movies there didn't need to be a sequel or a third movie of, period. Or a fourth. Or, oh, Men in Black International. Yeah. Are you counting that? Yeah. But this is a great video, man. You learned a new dance, plus you saw Will Smith in the resurgent era of Will Smith. The, it was uh, awesome. third movie's not that bad as much as it's just unnecessary. Yeah, I agree. So. Yeah, that was it. My number one was Mariah Carey, Honey, being uh, bait and tackle material. So with bait that and tackle, yeah. I've not heard that. So with the uh, with that said, let's get everyone back in the pool. Don't mind the alien. Back in the pool. So there are hundreds of alien movies. This is our critical question, by the way, that we do every week following the pool check. If you join us every week you'll know that hundreds of alien movies if you believe in life beyond our planet which alien movie do you feel most closely represents your version of what you think aliens are Ooh. so i'm not saying most realistic because we don't know but what movie aligns with your belief well i can tell you it's definitely not going to be alien or aliens, right. or Alien Three. That's I think that's too or severe. What about uh, Charlie Sheen and the Arrival? That's weird, but that would make <laughs> sense. Definitely not Independence Day. I would think, and maybe this is me being optimistic, a movie that is very underrated and not talked about enough, and I believe it should be. I think the aliens from a, the Abyss. Yeah, they've been here, but they've just been living under the sea in the depths of the ocean and they're benevolent aliens, which initially they believe that they're up to no good. But look, they saved the entire oil rigging crew. See that that concept that aliens are already here is pretty good. See, I personally believe they are. I think it's crazy if you don't think that. Gathering, I mean, blending in, gathering everything. An underrated one, just to mention, is Man Who Fell to Earth. David Bowie, 70 sci-fi movie. Yeah. Good one on Criterion. So I think it failed in some aspects overall. I know you don't like this one, but I like most of 2016's Arrival. We can't really fathom what alien life would be. We have no idea. But if they were to visit, if they were advanced enough to visit, it would be very important that we quickly learned how to communicate with them. We would have to. Because if you couldn't, you don't know what would happen. Yeah. You, they might leave and then you never talk. You have no idea what they were here for. Always know your prime numbers. Yes. <laughs> if they came and you communicated incorrectly, you might start a war. You don't know what would happen. So arrival basically, again, I could do without the time loop stuff, but like uh, it, it has to do with building a language that both parties can understand finding a way to communicate with the aliens. So I liked that one. I would say earth in the universe is basically the size of a grain of sand on an entire beach. Yeah. That's how big earth is. When you look at all the solar systems that we know of, we are one grain of sand on an entire beach. The possibility that there is no other life is 
irresponsible. If I you agree. I think that. that's dumb. That's just so, fucking stupid. Probability alone tells us there's got to be something somewhere. But the question is whether we'd ever be able to reach far enough. You know what's another good one I just thought of? 2001 A Space Odyssey. The monolith. Yeah. Star Child. Mm-hmm. That's fucking great, too. That, But that's the thing. And thank God we have... You know, kind of a space program again, because yeah. we didn't after the space shuttle retired. So who knows? Maybe there is something on Mac Mars. and me. Uh, so uh, generic ET yeah. meathead for meatballs part two. Yeah, that's the most realistic. I forgot. Meat Ted. <laughs> Any movie like this, like Contact, Arrival, ones that deal with, you know, alien, I love Independence Day. Yeah, I love like a lot of alien movies, but like ones where it's just like, OK, people fighting aliens not necessarily realistic no as much as learning to communicate politics implications financially and politically and religiously yeah so that's why i said arrival so why don't we move to logic it all could have been different mr walker you should have allowed nature to take its course you're right david we should we should have allowed nature to take its course oh my god not going to be a ton of logic issues in a movie written by Carl Sagan, but but most of my logic revolves around John Hurt as SR had not anything to do with John Hurt. So first off, he looks like the Six Flags guy. <laughs> so you, there used to be those Six Flags commercials. I think they, the Venga bus was coming was the theme. Yeah. And it was like the old guy in a suit dancing. Yeah. And that's, that's what. That's what S.R. Haddon looks like. Eleanor Ann Arroway, born 25th August 1964, De Pere, Wisconsin. Mother, Joanna, died from complications during childbirth. Early testing indicated high predisposition towards science and mathematics. Basically, he's a supervillain. Every time they show this guy, they're playing like ominous. It's like a he has fucking slideshows of himself in his own building and has slideshows and videos of Ellie's entire life. Right, And for the first times that they mention him, when she goes to get funding, you don't even see him. He has cameras that record her and then a secret phone under the desk. And then when we, he hacks into her computer. Yeah. She comes home and it says, you have a new email. It's not email. It's just like some shit on a screen. It's literally instant messenger. Yeah. And then he tells her to meet him at this location where he has the key to unlock the, uh, the 63,000 pages. Yeah. During that meeting, the music is like a horror movie as if he's like this villain. And when he's on mirror and when he's on mirror, it's like he is these real weird close-up shots where he looks like mega mind. Doctor. How kind of you to call. Mr. Haddon, where are you? The Russian government was kind enough to give me accommodations on Mir. You're living on a space station? It's quite simple, really. The low oxygen, zero gravity environment is the only thing keeping the cancer from eating me alive. And like they just they make him like a super villain, despite him being a good guy. Although James Woods' character seems to think that Haddon is a, is a wasted, hoax. is a charlatan, wasted trillions of dollars. Here's the thing about Haddon that makes you question certain things. He has the key to the cipher. The he yeah. says you have to look three dimensionally. I have the key to this. Is he a fucking vegan? 
How does he know this shit? How does he have all these blueprints that weren't released? Yeah, that's part. I mean, that's part of it. I think, well, he says at one, I have no idea where he got his money from. At one, he says at one point in time, he was a pretty good engineer. But what the fuck does he do? Because he has a building with lots of pictures and slideshows of himself. They never say real estate mogul. They never say like, what he is well he apparently created the machine somehow yeah so just how much money does he have he's able to live his remaining days on mere space station which he says slows down to cancer but he says that the russian government was very accommodating yeah i'm sure they weren't doing it for free no the first machine took the entire world coming together to pay for u.s says that they spent half a trillion dollars Mm -hmm. so he himself funds a second machine. Well, he even says that kind of throwaway line. First rule in government spending. Why build one when you can have two twice the price? Why have the government pay yeah. for one when you can have two for twice the price? Yeah. And then he subcontracts a Japanese company who builds it for him. They want another American to go. But then he bought them. Yeah, he did. He bought the entire conglomerate. I I don't understand this guy. <laughs> I don't. I don't understand. It's crazy. But the one I got, I got a couple things real quick. Like I said previously, you have the number one event in all of mankind ever, ever fucking ever. Nothing can come close to it. We landed on the moon. Pittance. Who gives a shit? How did Jake Busey slip through security, <laughs> get up onto the gantry? With fucking C4 strapped to yeah. him. There is no way yes. in hell he comes within two miles well, because the government would know that guy's a nutter. It's like I said, too. You see him changing into the clothes. Yeah. Which meant he got on <laughs> yeah. to the machine without any checks of security. This is a trillion dollar machine. Yeah. And this this religious that's zealot. taking somebody to another planet. Yeah, and a dude just gets on somehow. Yeah. They need to explain that. I have no one wants to cooperate with Ellie because of her reputation. So basically, every time Ellie meets a new character, that character instantly has a gripe with Ellie. They love throwing her under the bus. She is the ultimate punching bag. They basically tell no her sense. her reputation preceded her. Why? Like, what? I don't understand There's what no she did to There's no negative reputation. Anyone. She didn't fuck around with somebody. She didn't sabotage somebody. She's an innocent person who loves her job. So my next one is, I want to figure out, does this movie actually take place in 1997? Because there's certain things, especially the internet video quality, I really call into question because in 1997, also big shout out to the Netscape Navigator yeah. loading icon, yeah. which works is a, perfect in this movie. Works fucking perfect. When we had them in school, that damn thing barely worked oh, on yeah. 56K. You cannot tell me the video streams in this movie at that time would be this stellar. There is no way. No. I remember watching scrambled porn on the internet. <laughs> Believe me, I had to stroke at a certain time in order to get the right scene. It was a work of art. She's talking to a guy up in fucking space with no problem. <laughs> yeah, just clear video that we don't even have now. No, we don't. <laughs> and it's like, yeah. Motherfucker had Wi-Fi in 97. I want to know more about the blueprints of the machine. Yes, okay. Does it matter what materials they use? 
Did the aliens suggest a general contractor? <laughs> Did the aliens tell us where to we buy? We need the, to go to Rob Construction. Which yeah, which big box store do you buy the building materials from? Is there a Home Depot account? Is there a Lowe's account? I can't imagine normal. They had to have known what if they they made you made contact with us years ago. So you must know what kind of materials we have on this planet. There yes, for there fuck's are, sake. 63,000 pages. I'm sure they say something. I want to know what they say. I don't think Sagan goes into it too much in the book, but it's like the blueprints build a machine, but apparently don't tell anybody what the machine's going to do. Yeah. But I I just, I want to know, like, specifically use... 6063 T6 aluminum. Like, yeah. I, don't, I don't know. I have another one. Um, it. With the cost, the government would not allow this to not work. I mean, it did work. The committee determines that it didn't. Imagine the American people. Imagine the people of the whole world. We operate the machine. She falls through. We determine that it was a malfunction. We're going to investigate why there was a malfunction. They just called it quits. They yeah, just they, said uh, we're done. it failed. All right. If we're this close right there to finding out about aliens, why? Unless the blueprints yeah. said the machine can be used once. Which is a contradiction to the entire American space program. You're telling me after the Apollo 1 fire, America would have been like, nah, this is too dangerous. We're not yes. going to the moon. We're right. done. I just don't understand. Like Ellie says, this is what happened. The committee says. No, it didn't. You're delusional. Why didn't they say, I have an idea. Let's send somebody else through and see what happens. Now, that's a whole other can of worms. Would it work? Because he tells, you know, when she meets her dad, he says, this is only the first step. Now, if they were to go a second time, is no one going to be there? I mean, who knows what would have happened if they would have done it a second time. Imagine if James Woods went. I couldn't imagine the Republican nightmare landscape that he'd show up on. It'd probably be Mar-a-Lago. <laughs> Asshole. Um, but yeah, I just, it, they, okay, we have a trillion dollar machine that's just sitting there. It's just going to be a window design. Like, exactly. come take a tour. It's now the world's largest paperweight. We got like, eight hot dogs here. They're vegan hot dogs. Come visit the site. Like, I just don't understand. If you build a trillion, like, what are they going to recycle the pieces? If you build a trillion dollar machine and you believe, that's the thing, is they believe it's a malfunction. If they believe it's a malfunction, then you figure out what went wrong and you do it again. They believe in life after love. Yes. They're making a share biopic. <laughs> A biopic? Yeah. You mean a biopic? Biopic. Biopic. Be a pick. Oh, fuck off. Be a pice. I can't think of any other logic. Okay, that's fine. So what is the legacy of this movie? It's long. It's still probably the most realistic sci-fi movie because rather than spending as much time on like what the aliens might be. It doesn't even feel like a sci-fi movie though. No, it really doesn't. But like imagine if they would have went with like the angelic aliens and what they might have looked like. You know what I mean? It would have been like, I just watched a two and a half hour movie to see these blue fucking winged angel aliens. Hopefully, maybe it would have been blue from the Eiffel 65 video. I hope so. It spends the time asking like the the religious and social implications. This whole movie is should have been called religion v science. Yes, pretty much. It's all it is. And okay, so here's another legacy thing from an American perspective. Imagine if this happened present day in real life. That committee would be Mitch McConnell, Ted Cruz, Jim Jordan. Yeah, it would be. Same assholes. So bad. And they'd be like, we're going to convert this alien to Christianity. 
you know, and give it a fucking gun so it can shoot up a school on Vega. They would have voted for Trump. Yeah, ex- exactly. They're going to be like, we're going to put a Trump sign on <laughs> Vega. It just... Make Vega great again. They, and then they wouldn't justify any of the the cost. Uh, maybe they would. Who knows? Yeah. They won't justify affordable health care and saving the planet. But then they'd probably be like, trillion dollars, no problem. Which yeah. Democrats aren't free of that either. Joe Biden just spent, what was it, approved like a $784 billion sale of weapons to Israel. So, yeah, there you go. And then finally, on Legacy, they use so much unauthorized Bill Clinton footage. Good afternoon. I'm glad to be joined by my... Science and Technology Advisor. This is the product of years of exploration by some of the world's most distinguished scientists. Like all discoveries, this one will and should continue to be reviewed, examined, and scrutinized. Ton. I didn't realize they got in shithouse for that. Yeah, there was a a little bit of a controversy because the movie... I, I can't remember off the top of my head. They take the speeches out of context they a do. lot. And I don't know if they got permission to use the footage, but then the fact that they took it out of context. I think that's what hurt them the most. Yeah, is that they just placed footage into this movie. Of Bill Clinton. Of Bill Clinton talking about other things that just happened to work. The one thing that drives me nuts, and that first time you see Bill Clinton in the movie, you can tell, and they did a horrible job trying to blend him in. Yeah. You could tell that this was an outdoor speech because the... The sun is casted <laughs> off of him. He has a shadow, yet they put him in the press room. Well, it's funny when he's in the, uh, when Ellie's trying to tell him that the device is a, a transport of some sort and Bill Clinton walks in the room, except they kind of crop his head. You just see her look up and the perspective is that the bodies. And then it's kind of just like a blurred that a gray haired man walks in. And then when he sits down, they CGI him to the very front of the tape of the screen and the table it's not great and everybody else is looking at him and it's like this looks a little weird yeah pretty bad stick around for some plugs hey guys i'm dana and you're listening to the pool scene podcast once again pool sceners thank you for checking out the pod this week remember if you want to know what's going on any updates any exciting things coming around the corner check us out on facebook and instagram at pool scene podcast also at pool scene pod on the twitter also if you want to drop us a line send us an email at pool scene podcast at gmail.com any movie ideas we have some amazing movies coming up if there's a movie you want us to cover let us know you're on the journey with us and now back to kevin it's that time it's the waste of time That would be a waste of time. Thank you, Anthony. Jim probably was unable to edit out a bunch of me like coughing in this uh, episode. Didn't know if you wanted to talk about this. I I had COVID. You didn't just have COVID. You had the granddaddy. I had, uh, I got it from work. A guy who, you know, may have some thoughts about aliens and free healthcare and stuff. One of those types. Alien free healthcare. (laughs) He, uh, he had COVID. And his office was like 10 feet from mine. We use the same printer, same bathroom, you know, that sort of thing. And I'm very careful, as careful as I can be. And you did just have your first shot, too. I had my first shot like a week prior, maybe not even a week. I don't know what it was. But then uh, I I start feeling, uh, well, uh, work sends us and says, uh, hey, he has uh, COVID. You know, a couple people have it. There's a little bit of an outbreak. Uh, if you guys want to get tested 
go get tested. So imagine if you're like, nah, I'm good. Nah, I'm I'm okay. Yeah, I'm fine. Uh, so I get get tested, test positive, start getting some uh, mild effects, get the worst chills I've ever had. Like, see, I had it. It's fucking brutal. And I I like I don't want to say from somebody who hasn't had it. It's like to say that chills. You're like well, chills. Why? Like I. Because when I get like a fever, yeah. I get chills. But these are like body this crippling. This is insane. Yeah, yeah, this is like never had worse chills. Ten blankets, not enough type chills. Yeah. And then next day, two days, start getting unbelievable body aches. It's, I mean, to the point where it's like I had a little bit of a dry cough. And if I would cough, I would tense my whole body up because I just knew how bad it was going to hurt like a train wreck. And then uh, lose my sense of taste and smell. And then uh, by about the fourth or fifth day in, I honestly thought I was a goner. I mean, it was that bad. And then I start, I kind of get over the hump. I start feeling more just like respiratory. Now, I will say this is something for people who don't want to get vaccinated, who may still get COVID. So when you test positive, you have to talk to the CDC slash health department. They will call you. They will text you. They want updates. You have to do an interview. Now, they did give me some good advice, which was they told me to get a a pulse ox reader so I could monitor my oxygen, my blood oxygen level. And they said, you know, normals 95 to 100. They said if it dips down lower than that, you got to go to the the hospital. Now, there were times mine would dip down to 92, 93 but didn't sustain at 92, 93. So I was trying my best to not go to the hospital because I just, I figured they'll keep you overnight. They'll put you on oxygen and stuff. And as long as I didn't have to do that, um, I could say quarantine could stay in my little area. In all honesty though, you probably should have went maybe, to the hospital. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, I, like I said, by, by the time I got to maybe the fifth day, I uh, got over the hump, but the weird thing, I still don't have taste and smell back. You kind of, st- you're starting to get smell. Well, uh, well, it's so strange to try and explain the loss of the taste and smell because now I can taste hints of thing. Like if, if, if taste is on a spectrum from zero to a hundred, sometimes I have like 10% taste or 50% taste. I can taste like a protein, but then not the condiments that go on it. Like if I eat a burger, I can taste the burger, can't taste ketchup or like whatever. It's so strange. Or like I can taste a burger and not the fries or tonight we had wings. I could smell the wings, could not taste them. So strange. Basically, I guess this is a PSA for just go get your vaccine. <laughs> like now it's funny because I'm getting my second one in a couple of days. Yeah, and I'm fully vaxxed now. I'm getting my second one in a couple of days and it almost to some extent feels pointless. I know it's not, but it's like, well, what's it matter now? I had COVID. That second vaccine really dropped me for about 30 hours. Yeah. But I'm glad I got it done, which... A lot of people are asking, like, why wasn't there a new episode last week? That's why we did the Armageddon special edition yeah. remaster of our very first episode, because we couldn't record because Kevin yeah. was down with well, COVID. Last, last week, I was all right. I had went back for a follow-up test and tested negative, you know, so that I could return to work and stuff. But then I basically would get so winded if I would walk like from 50 feet, I would like double over because i was just out of breath and now i'm still a little out of breath but mostly okay yeah, we played some golf today yeah and most i mean we were in a cart and yeah I just hit the ball or whatever but 
had we walked, I wouldn't have survived. I've been tr- like, so it's funny because like I said, with, um, I've been trying to like go for walks thinking like, I'll just condition myself. I, I don't think it's like, I don't think that's the problem. I don't think I can just like condition myself to breathe better. I think it's like, it's going to take some scar time. tissue in my lungs. I, I don't know. But, uh, if you heard me coughing in this episode, that's, that's why, or short of breath because I had COVID. So yeah, I did not think you wanted to bring it up. That's why I've not I, said anything. Yeah, I don't. Kevin's back on the men. So we're back yeah, at this. I'm good. I'm good. So, Hey, we don't know what we're doing next week. So CQ. why don't you, uh, let us know, tell us what you want us to do next week. You heard the plugs reach out via Facebook or Instagram TikTok or send blowing up son. And, uh, let us know what movie you would would like us to cover or swim meet series if there's a tv show a particular episode of something legends of the hidden temple are coming back on the wb but for adults sweet jesus yeah so i went as uh drunk olmec when is the silver snakes one year for that's uh, right i remember that that's right so and yeah anyone reach out let us know what you want us to do next week uh otherwise we're gonna come up with something real weird we might watch we might watch porno Um, (laughs) wow Question of the week, pool seniors out there. Who would you want to appear as your vegan? Let us know. Who would be your personal vegan? Your own personal vegan. Vega. All right. Well, yeah, you'll hear us next week.